0: Gladys I'm bored. What plaything can you offer me today? A truly annoying picture, all style, no substance. Sounds like shit. Okay, let's talk about Midsummer. I'll get to my conclusion first. Ari Aster is a great director. He's not that great a writer. Hereditary last year. About 80-90% of the way through the movie, I loved it. The twist with the death early on. He got across that grief feeling really well. And he inserted bizarre. bizarre. The transitions between the miniature houses and the real houses were great. And I would have given it like a 9 or a 10 on IMDb, you know. And then it got to that end, that last 10-20% of the movie. And I just was... I hated it. Not hated, but no, I hated it. It was, it turned into a conventional twist plot with like the Rosemary's Baby send up kind of thing. And I just didn't care anymore. And that made the rest of it more disappointing. And then now he's got Midsummer, which everyone's excited about. People love a pretentious horror film because if it makes them think, because most people don't see that many movies in the theater anymore. I try to see two to three a week, and so it's not like a big experience going to the big screen. But most, a lot of people don't do that, and so when they go see a pretentious horror film that makes them think, it afterwards they're like, "I'm not. I'm still processing it." They think the fact that they're still processing it means it's good because it was more complex than their brain could handle at that time. Let's start from the beginning. Not at the beginning. The beginning's fine. The beginning goes a little long, but the stuff before they get to the commune is actually pretty cool, because you're dealing with grief, you're dealing with a boyfriend who is afraid to dump the girlfriend he should probably dump because she's too clingy, but he can't now because her parents just died, and then the other friend, there's the one asshole one who like really wants him to dump her, and then they end up taking her instead with them on their trip to Sweden, filmed in Hungary apparently, but to Sweden. And the beginning sequence is fine. It it conveys pretty well what's going on. You deal with the grief. You deal with the potential for breakup. The movie, as it turns out from interviews, was uh, Ari Aster's reaction to a breakup. Part of the flaw in the film, I think, is that the movie is not necessarily about the breakup. It's dealing more with the main... I don't even remember the character's name. The main girl's grief. Danny, I think. Danny. Yeah, they all had biblical names. Luke... Danny, probably for Danielle, variation of Daniel. Mark, I can't remember the other guy's name. But Danny, Florence Pugh is great. And the guy playing our boyfriend, I forget his name offhand, but he's in Sing Street, which is one of my favorite movies. And he, he, from the beginning you get that he's a bit of a dick, but he's trying to be a nice guy. And I think it would have also worked better if we liked him more, because then the ending would be more impactful. And you spend so long getting to that ending that there is no impact. Like, barely. Most of the horror happens off-screen. It's not a horror film that takes place in the day. It's a horror film that avoids all of the nighttime shoots. It's like if you just watched the first half of Halloween, and you just get that little stalking bit. I mean, it's still creepy, but you missed all the death. You missed the murders. We don't see people die on screen until the very end, except for a very notable exception and a well-done little scene when the old couple, and if you're listening to this and don't want spoilers, you've already gone too far. The old couple jumping to their deaths is really well done. Showing the whole thing without a cut is a nice move the tribe all like reacting with their fake pain to the old guy screaming was a little overwrought but when they later do the the, when the girls do the screaming along with Florence Pugh's character on the floor that scene is wonderful because that feels like empathy and it feels like these this tribe actually has something going on with them there's a reason they matter to her but a big part of the problem of the movie though comes from the fact that as I said, we don't see a lot of the horror, we don't see a lot of the goings on, we don't see why, for example, there's a pubic hair in the cake. We don't, we aren't told, we aren't shown that. But we are shown it in a drawing. We're shown it in a painting. There are paintings on walls of horrible things happening. There's paintings on walls of that girl putting her menstrual blood in his drink and pubic hair in his food. And there's paintings of people being sacrificed, and it's like, Cheap shorthand, it's the, it's the equivalent of, like, the opening crawl that tells you way too much about what the plot of the movie is. Or the voiceover narration that doesn't add anything to the plot, it just repeats stuff. Or it tells you stuff that you'd be better off seeing happen instead of hearing. And those pictures, now, if the pictures were then matched by visuals later, awesome. For example, one of my complaints, and my ex laughed at this one because I went off on it. They have a bear. We've seen a bear in the drawings. The movie had a live bear in a cage. Or a really good fake bear. I don't know. Like, I was promised a bear. I'm like, someone's going to fight a bear later. It's going to be amazing. Or she's going to let out the bear and it's going to fight off these people when the people try to get her. And it's going to turn like even more conventional horror film in the end. Because I, from early in the movie, maybe it was because there was an earthquake, literally I'm in LA, there was an earthquake right as the movie started, uh, which made it kind of weird. But early in the movie, I was like, this is going to be worse than hereditary. It's not going to go anywhere. It just had this weird, way too relaxed pace. But I was promised a bear, and I wanted the bear to do something. Instead, we literally never see the bear do anything. It's sitting there in that cage, and the next time we see it, the bear is dead. And they're cutting its, in- its insides out to wrap the boyfriend in it. Which is an interesting visual, like shoving him inside the bear for the sacrifice course then you get into this whole sacrifice thing and this was the, the thought i had during the movie about this tribe and their rituals i forget how i phrased it online but it was pretty good it was uh, uh it feels like a whitewashed version of the blackest africa tribe that has weird voodoo practices or something and like some stereotypical offensive racist bullshit just now pointed at white people in scandinavia which i guess makes it okay but it doesn't make it any more good supposedly each ritual is based on some real thing i a don't really buy that but b if it's true i have a feeling they're not all from the same people i find myself and if you've been listening to this show you know being very negative about so many things and or as i said i think last last episode it's much easier to voice the negative as i said at the beginning of this ari aster is a good director. He reminds me a bit of M. Night Shyamalan in that way, in that he's a great director, but a bad writer. He has good ideas, but needs someone else to go over the script for him. And M. Night Shyamalan just needs to direct other people's scripts. He needs to stop writing. One more example, before I go. The end of the movie. Danny's wrapped up in the flowers. She's supposed to choose between... Her boyfriend or the one volunteer in the crowd to be the last of the nine sacrifices. And it's a big deal. It's a big scene. All of the people are out there to watch. She's wrapped up in the flowers looking cool. Her boyfriend is in a wheelchair. Not exactly sure why. We don't know how much he was injured so far. And then it cuts to boyfriend wrapped up in bear suit in the building that's going to be burned down. For the sacrifice. We don't get to see the choosing. And that's the problem this movie. It keeps skipping over action to deal with everything else. We see the guy who's been, like, flayed and has his lungs out and is still alive. We don't see him get captured. We don't see him get attacked. We don't see him get cut. We see the one guy get led away from the crowd and never see him again and then later see his face on someone else. We don't see him get attacked. The movie is avoiding horror as much as possible while trying to be a new kind of horror film. I mean, there's something to be said for a movie that avoids showing things. Rosemary's Baby is very much about not showing the thing. She has a couple dreams that have weird visuals, right? But in the end, you don't see the most horrific thing in the thing. She's like, what happened to his eyes? I think the problem is I've seen too many movies. And so you get like a really good bell curve with like 4,000, 5,000 movies in it. And there's going to be a lot of them that hit that low side of the bell curve off to the right. But then you get those ones that are off to the left and they stand out because... They're not supposed to be there. A movie that makes it into the theater is supposed to be good. It's supposed to have had a producer making sure that it's consistent in tone, consistent in visuals. That it's not two and a half freaking hours long when the story is barely enough to fit an hour and a half. I will watch any movie once, generally. There's only a handful of films. I can think of just a couple offhand that I have actively turned off while watching them. I am tempted this week to go back and watch the movies that I never finished.
1: I mean, there's movies I've had to
0: turn off for practical reasons, like, right as I turn it on, everyone gets home and it gets noisy, and I'm like, okay, I'll watch this later. But there's a couple where I was just like, yeah, I, this is too annoying, I can't be bothered, and this week I think I'm gonna be bothered. Yeah, I'm gonna go be bothered. Cut. I know it. It all sounds like some bad movie. Wait a minute. Wait a minute, Doc. Uh, are you telling me that you built a time machine? Amanda Lori! why would you create such an abomination? This is the weapon of the coward. The uh, stuff that dreams are made of. Cut. That's a wrap. It's over, Johnny. It's over. Nothing is over. Nothing. You're still here? You just don't turn it off. It's over. Go home. Go! No.